0: Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message.
1: There's not one preacher today, but two. Um, They've both got 45 minutes each, so kick back and relax. I'm joking. 15 minutes each is not going to be... uh, You're going to get home for dinner, don't worry about it. And the charity shield. Um, But The the exciting thing about this morning is we've got two excellent communicators coming to preach. One of them is my wife, and one of them is one of my best friends on the planet, Jared. So you're going to hear some great things this morning. Um, And these guys are just going to share from their, their favorite psalms and what's spoken to them. So let's give Helen a massive round of applause as she comes.
0: Hello, everyone. Uh, So my name's Helen, um, I'm married to Josh, and we have two young children, Judah and Willow, who are out in kids' church. And and I'm the kids' pastor of Arena Church, for those of you who don't know me. And when we got asked to speak on our favourite psalm, I instantly knew which one I was going to do. It's the psalm that I've turned to most in my life, the psalm that has helped me through most situations in my life, and that is Psalm 23. It's going to come up on the screen. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. What a great psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. That is so true. The amount of times that God has helped me and the amount of times that I should have been without anything, but God has provided for me in everything. There was a time when me and um, Josh both were without a job and Um, we had a mortgage to pay, we had bills to pay, and uh, we should have been really struggling through that time. But God just provided for us in everything. We didn't miss a bill payment. We um, had food to eat every day. We still carried on tithing and giving. It was just incredible. Like, God helped us so much throughout that time. And uh, God just doesn't let us go without. He always provides for us. Now, if the thing you're wanting is a Ferrari, I'm sorry, but that's probably, God's not going to give you that. But if you're hungry, God will provide for you. If you're needing a job, God will provide for you. He loves us so much and and he provides for us. Whatever it is that you need, whatever it is that you're um, struggling with, God will provide. And it's amazing as well how God uses people. When me and Josh were struggling financially, the amount of people that came to us and gave us money because they felt God had told them to was incredible. That's how we got through that time, through people just listening to God and coming and giving us money. Uh, So be open to that as well, because it's such a blessing to be able to help people. If God's asking you to go and help someone, just be open to that and do it. It's amazing how God uses us. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. Does anyone ever feel like they just need rest? Anyone? The kids are broken up from school now. I'm sure some of you parents are feeling like you need a rest right now. Um, As I said, I've got two children under three, so I often feel like I need a rest, especially this week. My little girl's been poorly, and she's been up loads in the night, and I just feel like I've got a newborn again. I feel exhausted. Um, But there's times in our life where we just feel like things are just a bit crazy. Maybe we've got some big decisions that we need to make, or our life can feel like it's just a bit up in the air and we just feel like we need rest. Well, it's amazing how just spending some time in God's presence can just give us that rest. When we just sit in his presence, he makes us lie down in green pastures. He leads us beside still waters. He restores your soul. He just does something to you. He restores you. He rejuvenates you. And You come away from that time with God and you just feel like you can handle anything, like you can take on the world. My little boy often says to me, Mommy, you're awesome like Superman. I love it when he says that to me. But that's how we feel when we've spent time with God. Like, yeah, I can take on anything. Give me those big decisions. I I can handle them. Give me that my crazy life. I can handle it. Because God just restores us when we spend time with him. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. God knows the right path for you. He created you. He created your path. He knows what what your path is. In Jeremiah, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. But for some reason, we tend to try and figure things out on our own. Josh, my husband, hates using a sat-nav for some reason. Okay, so we'll be going somewhere, and I'll be like, Do you know where we're going? He's like, Oh, yeah, kind of. I was like, Shall I put the sat-nav on? No, no, it's fine. I'll get us there. Are you sure I've got it right here? No, no, it's fine. I'll get us there. So we go on the journey. We often end up taking a wrong road, or doing a U-turn, or getting into in a bit of a mess, getting in the wrong place, and um, or we'll get nearly there, and he was like, "Just, just check the sat nav, just to make sure I'm going the same way as it says." I think it's a man thing; they just don't like using sat navs. And uh, I've actually got a bit of a confession to make my husband doesn't know this yet, because I love sat-navs. sat-navs. my best friend, okay, so I can have been somewhere 10 times before, and I'll still use a sat-nav just to make sure I know where I'm going, but this week, I ignored the satnav. okay, so I was going to pick Josh up from the train station um, as he'd come back from Alabama, and, um, I put the satnav on just to check. I knew where I was going. It was down the M1, off at junction 24. Um, but I thought I'd just put the satnav on. It was sending me down the A38 to Derby. I was like, that is not the right way. Why is it sending me that way? I was like, I think I'm going to ignore it and just just go on the motorway the way I know. Big mistake. Okay, I hit standstill traffic. It was going so slow. And this is why the sat-nav told me to go on the A38. It took me over an hour to get there. I was very late for Josh. That is why. That's my confession. I ignored my sat-nav. But this is what we do in life. We're like, yeah, I know God knows the plans for my life. But I think I can figure it out on my own. I think I can work out what my path is. And we often end up taking the wrong path. We end up getting in a bit of a mess. Or we end up where we're supposed to be. But it takes us a lot longer to get there. And why do we not just listen to God? God knows the path for us. He knows the right way for us. Let him lead you. Let him guide you. This is my favourite bit. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. This has helped me so many times in my life. So many times I've turned to this psalm because it's just this is just amazing. Now, the valley of the shadow of death kind of sounds like Um, The name of a horror film, doesn't it? It's a bit scary, The Valley of the Shadow of Death. But what it's used to describe is a hard time, a hard time in your life. And we all go through hard times, whether we're a Christian or whether we're not a Christian, we all go through hard times. But the psalm says, though I walk through the valley, though I walk through it, Jesus isn't just going to leave you in your hard time. He walks you through it. Jesus walks you through the hard time. Whatever it is, whatever it is you're going through He's not just going to leave you in the middle of it. He's going to walk you through it and out the other side. Whatever it is, whatever it is that you're struggling with, you might be going through a hard time at the moment. And I want you to know today that he's not going to leave you there. He'll walk you right through it. Since um, I lost my mum to cancer, I have a massive fear of getting ill. And um, every time that I have a little bit of something wrong with me, my mind instantly goes to the worst. So um, a couple of months ago, I had these stomach pains. I didn't know what they were, and instantly I'm like, "Oh, I'm going to get cancer. It's going to be something serious." And it's silly, but this is just what this is what my mind does. Um, But I turn to this psalm, and it says, "I will fear no evil." I will fear no evil. See, the devil wants me to believe that I'm going to get cancer. Every time I feel ill, the devil wants me to believe that it's going to be something serious. The devil wants you to believe that whatever it is you're going through, that you're not going to overcome it. The devil wants you to believe that you're going to stay in it. You're going to stay in that hard time and that Jesus has left you. But that's not what my Bible says. My Bible says, I will fear no evil for you are with me. And that God will walk me through the hard time and out the other side. He's not going to leave me in the middle of it. This psalm is just amazing because it just confirms something when you're going through that, when, when you're going through that hard time, when you're going through that struggle, it just confirms that God is with me and that God's going to bring me through it. And whatever it is that you're struggling with, maybe um, you're, you're struggling with an illness, maybe you've just lost someone close to you, maybe you're struggling financially, whatever it is, nothing is too big for God. God can overcome anything. God can walk you through anything, nothing. No mountain, no valley is bigger than God. God will walk you through everything. The last bit, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now this psalm is all about Jesus being our shepherd. So for him to be our shepherd, we must be his sheep. And uh, sheep, they need a shepherd to guide them, to protect them and to look after them just as we need Jesus to guide us, to protect us, and to look after us. And what you might notice about a shepherd, if you've seen pictures of them, is they always carry a staff. Um, It's a very important thing for a shepherd. Shepherds need a staff to look after their sheep. And on one side of the staff, there's a hook. And the shepherds use this to pull the sheep towards him, to lead them and to guide them. And that's how Jesus does he he pulls us towards him he leads us and he guides us but also there's another side of the staff and this is used for correction and discipline now I'm not going to tell you how the shepherd uses that because we might have some animal lovers in here who might might get upset but you can um, just imagine that yourself and but um, Proverbs 3 says the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father the son he delights in Now, Jesus loves you. He loves you so much and he accepts you as you are. If you're not a Christian today, I want to tell you that whatever you've done, whatever your background is, Jesus loves you just the way you are. and He accepts you just the way you are. But he loves you too much to leave you there. He loves you too much to leave you in your sin. And he loves you too much to let you keep making the same mistakes again. So that's where discipline and correction come in. See, so you might um, keep trying to um, go through a door, keep trying to go down a path and for some reason you just can't get there. You're trying to get somewhere and something, things just keep blocking it and you can't understand why things aren't opening up for you. And it's just God closing that door saying, this is not the right path for you. If you go down that way, you're going to you're gonna get hurt. If you go down that way, you're going to regret it. There's going to be mistakes that you make. This is not the path I have for you. And God is just closing that door so that you don't make that mistake. When I was um, 16, I'd not long been coming to church. And um, this guy invited me to come round to his house. And I knew that it was a bad decision. I knew that I shouldn't have gone. But for some reason, stupidly, I went round. And um, when I got there, I instantly knew I'd made a bad decision. I instantly knew that I shouldn't have been there. Um, and this guy had a baby. He was fa- the baby was fast asleep. It was like 8 o'clock. Uh, the baby had gone to bed for the night fast asleep. The baby suddenly woke up, started crying, wouldn't settle, was just crying and crying. and It was my opportunity to leave. And that was God just saying, I do not want you to do this. This is a bad decision. I'm going to block this. If you do, if you go down this road, you're going to get hurt. I don't want you to do it, so I'm going to block this off for you. And thank you, Jesus, that he did, because that was not a good choice for me. And that's what God does. He just brings discipline and correction to stop us from going down the wrong way. Just as a parent, we bring discipline to our children because we love them so much. And we don't want them to keep making the same mistakes. We don't want them to get hurt. That's what Jesus does for us. He doesn't want us to keep making the same mistakes. He doesn't want us to get hurt. And um, as well as a parent, like, we can see things that our children can't. So when my little boy wants to jump off the highest ledge like this because he just thinks it's awesome, I tell him, no, you can't do that. Because I know that if he jumps off there, he's going to break his leg. He doesn't know that. And Jesus, that's the same with him. He sees things that we can't. So when we're trying to go a certain way and we can't understand, we're like, this is good, this is what I want to do. This is the road I want to go down. Why will Jesus not let me go down it? Jesus can see things that we can't see. He knows that that path won't be good for us. He knows that we're going to get hurt if we go down that way. He knows that that's not going to lead us to our purpose, to our destiny. So he blocks it off. He sees things that we can't see. On Google, it says that sheep regularly see the shepherd, use the rod and staff, To protect, guide, lead, and get them out of jams. I love that. That's what Jesus does for us. He protects, he guides, he leads, and he gets us out of jams. Amen. He's got me out of a few jams, definitely. But I just love this verse so much. It's so amazing. This verse, it's just incredible. It's all about Jesus being our shepherd, providing, restoring, guiding, protecting, and correcting.
1: Well, that was, uh, that was excellent. And now we uh, have the privilege of inviting Jared. So let's give Jared a uh, round of applause as he comes. Good morning to you all. Are you doing okay? Well, what a great summer we've had here in the UK. Absolutely blazing this summer, isn't it? We've had heat waves and barbecues. And of course, obviously, England's got to the semi-final of the World Cup. So that is... Uh, A great thing that gives us a little bit of hope. Listen, even if we would have won the World Cup, it wouldn't have restored the country like they said it would. Only God can do that, can't he? Yeah? Um, I'm one of the youth leaders here. My name's name's Jared Holmes. This is my wife, Sam, on the front row. Uh, We've just actually arrived back from Dominican Republic uh, yesterday morning, which was an amazing time. We were celebrating our first year anniversary. And also my 30th birthday, which is tomorrow. I know what you're thinking. It looks a bit older than 30, doesn't it? (laughs) It's the sun. It's the sun. It's brought the wrinkles out. Um, But the last six weeks have been so eventful for us. We've actually, obviously, for the last two weeks, been celebrating in the Dominican Republic. But also, two weeks prior to that, we've been in Kenya. Uh, We went on a mission trip, which Stephen uh, spoke about very briefly in his message a few weeks ago and actually that was so impacting and you know there's two times in my life that I've said my life will never be the same the first one, I'll come to Christ I knew instantly when I had that encounter with Jesus that my life would never be the same but the second one is when I come off that mission trip God opened my eyes up to so much but also the miraculous the way he speaks to us, the way he uses in complete weakness, how God can use us is an amazing thing. When I got asked to share on Summer in the Psalms, I've been listening to every person that spoke from both campuses on podcasts while I was out there. And some people have said, you know, I don't specifically have a psalm that I go to, but I definitely say I do. And mine Psalm 34. And Psalm 34 is about Praying to God and hearing God. But, you know, as Pentecostals, we can do a lot of praying and speak, but sometimes we don't listen. And, you know, God is someone that wants to give us instruction, but he's also someone that answers prayer and wants us to listen. And Psalm 34 is all about that. It's about the God of the Bible. Think about this. You know, when you're away and you're on the beach, I tend to reflect so much. So, I look at the sea and think, I I do this every single time, no matter how old I am. I look at the sea, I look at the beach and go, this God's massive. And I also wonder along the beach how many people are having that thought, thinking, surely someone designed all of this, surely. But in that time, I couldn't help but think about the key Psalms that have played a part in my life. But when I read the Bible, I don't know about you, but I like to visualize what's happening. I don't just read the scriptures and just get on with it. I like to visualize where they're at. But every time I read the Psalms, I tend to get in my head, you know, David, who wrote half of the Psalms, you know, with like a donkey at the side of him and his harp and, and, you know, in dry land and in solitude. And that's why he wrote most of the Psalms. The Psalms are so honest to me. You know, I can, remember in my, I can remember when I first became a Christian, I wept beyond, I just kept weeping and weeping and weeping and weeping. I think, I didn't become a Christian to become a crybaby. Okay, I don't get what's happening. And at times as well, I became quite angry with God. Thinking, I didn't sign, off, sign up for this, for all this suffering. In the first year, I, I seemed to there seemed to be things in my past that kept coming to me like darts and kept trying to trip me up. And my uncle got hold of me one day. I was actually working over in Loughborough. And again, I was weeping, even while painting. I must have been doing a terrible job or something like that. But I said, I said to him, and he's a pastor, I said, I don't know what's happening. I just keep crying. And I said, no, I'm actually quite angry with God, but I don't, it's not right to be angry with God, is it? And he said, you know, God's not scared of our anger. You know, when you read the Psalms, David's very much like that, isn't he? he? He normally starts with a, God, can't you see what's happening? Hey, are you looking? Everyone's trying to kill me, and you're doing nothing about it. So he speaks the situation, and then he brings it to light, but he always finishes with, but God, I trust in you and that can be our our lives. I know that is with me, very much so, probably on a weekly basis. God, can you see what's happening? Can you see all those people that are wicked prospering? What about me? I've been faithful to you, but God, I trust you. So it's showing the circumstance, but putting it into light. You know, I feel that in the last 12 to 18 months, I have had to lean on God in my life more than ever. The last 12 to 18 months of my life, there's been so much happened. I became a husband. I became an owner of a business. I became captain of my football team. So I play part-time football as well. Uh, Josh asked some of us guys to take on the youth here at Mansfield. And I feel that it's dropped in all at the same time. And... At times I've said to God, God, I feel, why has it all happened at once? You know, I would have done it this way personally. I would have maybe given me a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit there. But it seems to happen at once. But God's ways aren't our ways. But I will say, these last 12 to 18 months have been challenging. But I've been the most blessed time of my life. I have never seen so much answer to prayer in these 18 months than probably my whole life you know and what happens is is when you get into that place of solitude and having to rely on god god shows up but also there's a time when when things are actually sailing we can sometimes forget god we can sometimes believe our own success but god wants us to bring to a place where we boast about the lord and that's what psalm 34 is about it's about boasting only about the lord Actually, your life here is it, it, only just a vapor. You're just, you're just a tool that God uses. He, he loves you so much, but everything you have it belongs to God anyway. You're doing it for God. And Psalm 34 reads like this. If we can get it up on the screen. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all of my fears. Those who look to him for help will be radiant with joy no shadow of shame will darken their faces in my desperation i prayed and the lord listened he saved me from all of my troubles for the angel of the lord is a god he surrounds and defends all who fear him and this is my favorite part i have used this for all of my, my life when i'm evangelizing but also for myself taste And see that the Lord is good. Taste Him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in Him. Fear the Lord, you His godly people. For those who fear Him will have all they need. Even strong young lions sometimes go hungry. But those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. You know... Six months ago, we went to an event, Sam and myself and Nathan and Joanna, who we run the youth with. And you know when you go to events, you take certain things that preachers say. So they may be preached for 40 minutes, but you, you, don't, you don't take all the 40 minutes in. You reflect. And there was a certain thing, It was small. it may be small to somebody else, but it was big to me. He said, when I became a Christian, when I opened the Bible, somebody told me that when you open it from page one, to the final page, that it's all true. But imagine that if you read the Bible like that, because sometimes you can read these stories about all these miracles, and it's nothing. You can just think, oh yeah, a miracle. But if you believe it, that should give you so much hope for your life and circumstance, because it says that God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So that means... That when he did miracles then, that wasn't that just for that time, it is for now. And it actually says in the Bible that we will do far greater things than Jesus himself. That's a crazy comment. And that should give you hope this morning. But about the last line, those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. Like I said briefly, 18 months ago, um, I opened up a business uh, with my friend from university. And I, was, I had the decision of going into a good teaching job in another school or taking this business on. And I got this other job. I went for the interview. And I didn't feel at total peace with it. I wasn't too excited about getting it. And then we got our minds together and come up with this plan. However, at the time, I, um, I was thinking about proposing to Sam and obviously getting married. So really, I was thinking about the safety of having money. Now, since then, I'll go very quickly into it. We set this school up, and this school was for students that struggled in mainstream with maybe um, SEN, okay, which is special educational needs, so such as autism, or behavioural problems, ADHD, all these problems. And we set this school up, and since then, it's grown exponentially. It's grown v- fairly quickly in the space of 18 months where we've got a recognised school, and we've, we've just got another building... And we're doing it into primary and junior now. But you know, in that first six months, if you've ever set something up. We used to have weekly prayer meetings in this office. And my friend had just got saved at the time. So really, he wasn't, he didn't know much about the hand of God. Okay. He got saved. He encountered Jesus. He gave his life to Christ. But in that time, we had absolutely nothing. And we go into this office and pray and my dad would join us. And we'd pray because we had nothing. And at the time, three months in, I'm thinking, what a mistake this is. You know, I'm going to have to remortgage my house just to pay for this wedding. Now, in that time, during that prayer, there was a time where we'd just been given this small little contract that would see us through, right, just to pay for the rent. And I can remember we needed some paint to paint the building, but also we'd been asked to run a paint and decorating course. It was strange. Okay. And during that time, we prayed. And we felt, my my dad said to me during prayer, he says, I feel the Lord's telling me straight away now, stop praying and ring this company up. So he rang this large company up. And as I rang the company, I said, just said, hey, uh, this is what we're doing here at Genesis. Uh, we want to uh, get some paint off you. I was wondering maybe you could just give us a, a few paint. Her response was the answer to prayer. She said, I can't believe you're ringing at this minute. She went, it's like you're a fly on the wall. She said, we was just about to put an ad on the radio for £3,000 worth of paint for free. They said, we're going to give it to you. But also, we're going to give you the contract for this free paint for as long as your company exists. You know what? I said, I laughed, and I said, do you know what? We've just been praying about that. We have just been praying about this paint, and you have actually delivered what we've prayed. But do you know what? In the space of 18 months, and I don't boast about me because, look, it's not about me. It's about what God's done. Trust me, when you go from nothing to somewhere, it can only be God when you've got nothing. And I remember that every day. On every day, my Bible is on my desk. Why? Because I don't want to make wrong decisions. And I also don't want to start believing my own hype. Because it's not me that's done it. But when I walk around that building, we have not had, we've not had a single grant or anything. Okay, When I walk around, I'm taking headmasters. I'm taking people that in worldly, uh, worldly ways are big people. And they're going, how have you done this in, in this space of time? How have you done this? And I'll go in each room. I'll go into the salon, and every, every room's got a story, right? Because we had nothing. Oh, you know. And, and I go into Hair and Beauty, and there'll be, oh, you know, how much does this cost? Now, that stuff in Hair and Beauty cost, should cost around ten to 15000 The day before our open day, I'm wanting to put Hair and Beauty. A shop around the corner, a salon, shuts down okay, and sells us the lot for 400 pounds. The IT room, we need an IT room, free donations. The music room, someone, someone hears about it, wants to donate all this stuff. And they say to me, how has this happened? But what it does, it gives me a weekly invitation to say, do you want to know the true story? The true story is we've not had a single grant, but I want to tell you the true story. It's all because of God. Now, if I'm showing people around and straight away evangelizing and giving them that, they shut off, okay? But it gives us an invitation. God has made a way on a weekly basis to actually open up and say, this is all God. And God has done some incredible things this year. And that's what the Psalm is about. Psalm 34 is about us coming before God. And think about it. How crazy is this? This God, the creator of the whole universe, listens to us, but also answers. You know, I'm going to finish with this. We went, we went to Kenya because time's running. Went to Kenya. I got asked to preach in this, this, this church. I knew nothing about this church, okay? Uh, and I get a bit anxious when I'm asked to preach. So... I'm, I'm calling on God. I'm saying, God, I, I need your help and all this. And I feel him wake me up during the night. We knew nothing about the village we're going to, this church. And I felt God wake me up during the night. I wasn't happy. I love sleep. okay. And he wakes me up and said, I want you to tell that church tomorrow that they need to move building. The church is too small for them. You need to move building. Now, I don't know about you, but it's far easier asking God what you need than when God asks you something. So when God asks you to do something, you start becoming God and going, no, I don't think that's from you. I'm not going to do that. Very easy when we're coming with our requests. So what I do when I feel God speaks to me, I think, well, why would the enemy tell me that he wants that church to grow? He wouldn't. So I go there in the morning uh, and, and I'm preaching. And I feel the Lord nudge me whilst I'm preaching say, say it. All oh, right i 'll say it, okay now I come out with I said pastor I said, and there's an interpreter so things are slower. I feel the Lord's told me that you you need to move church now this church was forty fifty in a tin hut. you need to move buildings straight away. This church is going to be massive, and I got the number in my head that it'd be five hundred, okay. This church is going to have exponential growth. So the church suddenly in Kenya, it's crazy. So it's like, hallelujah. Yeah, so when I'm bringing the, the literally all on the feet, like God is good and all this. And the pastor, they're all on the feet. Now, I think to myself, well, they might just be excited. The next, once I've finished preaching, the assistant pastor asked to come up and speak. And he shares a word, obviously in Kenyan, I don't understand what he's saying. And then someone translates the whole word, about two minutes worth. But when it translated, he said, church, I apologize. For the first time, you know me, I turn up to church every Friday and Sunday. For the first time, for some strange reason, I couldn't get here on Friday. But the Lord had given me a specific word for the church. And it said this, Isaiah 43 54, sorry, 2 to 3. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will possess nations and settle in their desolate cities. Now that confirmed the word for me. And I was buzzing, I'll be honest with you. But then the pastor gets up and suddenly says, Church, I just want to confirm that word again. He says, I was on a bike ride a month ago, and the Lord stopped me. And he told me that we have to move building, but I've not told you. He says, because we're going to be a 500-strong church within a short space of time. Now, all of that come together, okay, From someone who had just been obedient to listening to God. And it's not because I'm special. It's not at all. Actually, many times I feel weak. And feel, why would God use me? Listen, God uses anybody that's listening. And he uses anybody that's obedient to taste the Lord and see that he is good. And this morning, I want to say to you, Where are you at in your prayer life? Not not where does anyone else think you are. Where are you at in your prayer life? Because God, this psalm is actually about God seeing us. Yeah? And there can be two ways of that. You could be living the most sinful life, and God sees you. And you could be living the most blessed life, and God sees you. But this morning, as I finish, Psalm 34. God listens to you, but God also answers your prayers. So wherever you are at right now in life, the God of the Bible, the one, the Alfred Omega, the one that answers prayers, the one that created the heavens and the earth, is ready to listen to you and is ready to change your life and your circumstances this morning. Church, God bless you. Amen.